Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. I've created a, a really deep, dark shadow version of myself that was just really ashamed of who she was and she felt she was not safe to be herself. And so, yeah, it, it's very important to shine the light on that shadow and, and prove her wrong because that's the only way, at least from my experience, to allow the most authentic version of you to, to come alive. When we go through so much of our lives trying to fit in, trying to live up to other people's expectations, trying to gain acceptance, trying to make others happy. This question of choosing to live for yourself is one that may not seem possible. Let's face it, it may not even feel like it is an option for you. But this question takes us right to the very core of the thing that holds so many of us back and keeps us either feeling like a victim or makes us open to being a target for victimization. So often our lives don't feel like they are our own and choosing to live for ourselves often feels maybe even a little bit selfish. So let me ask you if you could feel free to choose to live the life that you want to live, a life that is in alignment with your most heartfelt values, then wouldn't you grab that opportunity and run with it? Well, if you've answered yes, then the conversation that I have with fellow energy healer, Heather Forrester, not only gives you ways to do just that, but also looks holistically at a topic that maybe we don't cover very much in this podcast, which talks about sexuality, looking at LGBTQIA+, and what the most important thing is actually at the end of the day when it comes to relationships. It's not the gender. It's not the body part. It's the connection. It's the person. Discovering aspects of our sexuality is part of the journey that we go on in life. And Heather has a great outlook on that that can help anyone who might be feeling confused about where they are at on this journey. And remember... Well, I don't want to label at all. I'll just be with whoever I feel is right. Okay, let's open the door on today's conversation. I'd like to ask you who you think the hero of this podcast is. I want to tell you the hero is not me. And the hero is fantastic and amazing as the guests that I have on Tiara's Tears and Triumphs are, they're also not the hero of the podcast. The real hero of the podcast is you. It's you and your transformational journey. It's that 
engagement that you have as you stand up and you fight for your life. You fight to strive to have the life that you want to live. You make the change. You make it happen. And you can. And I want you to know that and hold your head high, knowing every time that you show up and you listen to another episode that's you being a hero. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello, Heather, and a very, very warm welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. Thanks so much for coming on to the podcast today to be a guest. Yeah, of course. I'm so thankful to be here. I'm so glad we could connect. The listeners won't be able to see what I'm seeing and I'm going to, we were just talking about YouTube and you've got a YouTube channel and um, so this will go, you know, be released as my audio podcast, Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, but I want to actually put something up on YouTube too because I want the listeners to be able to see what I'm seeing right now, which is this beautiful backdrop that you've got going on behind you with this stunning illustration of flowers and foliage and you've got this sunflower and you've got the yin and the yang behind you and that was as soon as we sort of connected I was like wow tell me about this you know this backdrop that you've got so can you just share with us the symbolism of that please Yeah, of course. So when right after I went through probably the most traumatic series of events in my life, um, I got to this place where I kind of cut everyone off uh, in a way, not in a way where like I wouldn't show up if they needed me, but in a way where I just took that time for myself, if that makes sense. And I had realized that everything that I chose in my life from decor Um, color, my favorite colors, just all these little things, I chose to try to please everyone else. It wasn't me. None of it was me. So I literally got rid of everything and started from scratch, just trying to connect with myself and ask myself, what do I want? What do I like? What is me? And this was actually this tapestry behind me was one of the very first purchases that I ever made. And The sunflower is just kind of like the yellow, the bright, the sun. I'm a Leo. It really just kind of represents a lot of my own personality. And plus my father um, actually kind of started my series of traumatic events when he passed away unexpectedly. So he planted sunflowers for my grandmother every year. And so it was pretty significant in that terms with the sunflower. And I just loved, I loved everything else about it, the black and the white. It was just totally like, yeah, this is me. This is nobody else's decision. This is mine. So I bought it. And then as my healing journey progressed, um, by the end, or not the end, because I'm still in it, right? It's a daily thing. It's a, the, we're the student of life in the healing term. So, um, but before I started to kind of make a profession out of what I had been learning and helping others do similar work, um, 
I realized that the yin, the yin and the yang had some really symbolic attachments to what I was doing as well, because everything about my work is all about shining the light on the, the darkness, the darker parts of ourselves, the parts that we have abandoned or become shameful or guiltful with and shining light on those parts of ourselves and just falling in absolute love with those parts of ourselves. And so we can just become truly whole and confident within ourselves because that's exactly what I had to do to get to where I am right now. So this yin and yang with the sunflower around it is actually my uh, business logo now because the whole thing, when I bought it, I had no idea how significant it was going to be to me. And it was the first little purchase that was just mine, you know? And so it's like, this is, this is what I do. This is, this, is the literal logo for what I do. It's, it's me, it's the brand. It's, and so you hear about these brand people, right? Like a uh, specialist, they say, you're the brand. And it just made so much sense with, with what was going on. So it just, it was perfect. Uh, gorgeous. I got it and it was perfect to the, to the business. It's absolutely gorgeous. I absolutely love it. And um, it, it's like, you know, those, there's so many lovely coloring books out there yeah. these days. And there's a lot of that going on in this backdrop that you've got, which is also one of those recommended therapies that mm-hmm. people have for things like anxiety and healing to find your place of calm is to sit and do coloring in. So um, there's just, I love what you're doing, the courage in shining the light onto those darkest parts of yourself is, you know, you've hit the nail on the head because that's exactly what is needed to be, come just free in yourself to actually live life openly and happily and, you know, stop trying to please others, but do things that really are resonating with who you are and making sure that you're being true to yourself. And, you know, when you were talking about that dark side of yourself, you know, there's things like that come from um, abusive relationships and it not it can relate to many different things that go in your, on in your life, but shame. Shame is one of those you know, dark things that tend to stay wrapped up and, you know, it takes a lot of courage to look at that. Is that something that you can relate to? Oh, 100%. Um, There was, you know, a lot of sexual abuse, verbal abuse, and just, just different forms of punishment or expression that I received from the ones that I loved the most. Um, And it was, you know, of course, I've learned now it was their own pain being projected onto me and just different things, right? Um, But yeah, there, it created a, a really deep, dark shadow version of myself that was just really ashamed of who she was and she felt she was not safe to be herself and so yeah it's very important to shine the light on that shadow and and prove her wrong because that's the only way at least from my experience to allow the most authentic version of you to to come alive I just get this you know ka-ching kind of feeling as you're talking um with 
being okay with who you are. It's just, it's, it's so important to find that because, um, and I'm really, you know, I sit here and I look at you, Heather, and, you know, I don't know how old you are exactly, but you're, you're quite young. And, you know, to have this kind of understanding at this point in your life is absolutely beautiful because, you know, like you are going to have such a wonderful life moving forward from this point with this feeling of security that it's it you are safe being yourself a lot of people never actually get to that place in their life they can go through all their living days and they'll never understand that and they'll never feel safe being who they were born to be so it's absolutely liberating and I'm just so encouraged to see such a, a lovely young person with this awareness at this point in your life and being able to share that with other young people because um, you, there are a lot of insecurities that we carry around with us in life and to be able to let go of those insecurities at, at a young age you become pretty much unstoppable in yeah. your future and what you what you can create what positive if we look at that ripple effect that each of us has in life and see how that works in the positive and the negative and how you know making this doing this work on yourself is so important because that ripple effect it's not just about you it's about the influence that you're going to have just in being this new confident person who's really comfortable in their own skin and is really embracing life and wanting to do good things with their life is just you know really really powerful so um I can see, you know, you are in an excellent place in your life right now but you have touched upon that that wasn't always the case for you. Um, And I don't know much about your backstory, Heather. Is there anything that you'd like to share from your past that might help the listeners to relate to you and see that transformation that you've gone through as a source of light again for them that they that it is possible for them to transcend the adversities that they've gone through in their lives yeah and you know I I know that I am quite young um and I get that that comment a lot and I've always actually had that comment no like throughout my entire life um and I I think it's because I feel I had to grow up rather quickly um I was exposed to a lot of um adult things and independency at a very young age. Um, I remember four years old, it was almost like I was no longer a child and I was introduced into a lot of adult things. Um, but so um, I, I I lost my train of thought there, but I, I, anyways, essentially what I feel like I kind of went through was this experience can you, can you ask me the, cause there was so much that you said right there that I, I wanted to speak on. Can you kind of ask me one more time what you're, what you're getting to? Cause I, cause I think, you know, it does. I just went through so much. It, my life did not always look like that. Right. 
Um, okay, so I think I'm back on track. <laughs> I think I'm back on track now. Um, so anyways, yeah, my that's why it's so important to me with what I did, because I think it's so easy for us to go through things, no matter what age we are, if we experience it a lot when we're younger, or if we experience it when we start to grow into like the, our adulthood, right? Like if, let's say we have a wonderful childhood, but we go off into the real world, we get married and it's not, it's not what we thought it was going to be. Right. Um, so it, either way, um, I think it's very important that we're able to go like, see what we've gone through and understand them in a different sort of aspect. So to talk about how, you know, I kind of got here, I think that I went through so much with like my mom and, and my dad even. So I experienced, they were, they were divorced. They divorced when I was two years old. So I had two different, two completely different lives and both lives. I had probably way too much freedom. My dad let me do whatever I wanted to do. And that put me in a lot of dangerous situations growing up. Um, and then my mom, she worked a lot, so she wasn't around. She wasn't present. Right. She wasn't yeah. around physically to make sure that I was doing what I needed to be doing or wasn't watching what I shouldn't be watching or being with people I shouldn't be with. Um, you know, so this, this caused me to, I remember being 12 years old on social media, talking to 20 something year old men. Like I had no idea I was, I was doing crazy things, right? I was so young and I was just experiencing life the way that I, I was being guided to, I guess, or like led or influenced. Right. And this kind of created a huge person. This led to a lot of abuse. This led to a lot of manipulation because I was so naive that I could be, I was so gullible and I could just easily like, and I was also kind of taught to post and and be what people need me to be right so that people pleasing was really strong and so if somebody that I looked up to whatever they liked that's what I needed to like so I could be like them right so I was I got really good at becoming a a chameleon and blending in with everyone that I was there just so that I could be a part of the group because growing up I was overweight um and I was, you know, bullied pretty harshly for, for my weight. And that in school, I, I never fit in. So in external settings, if I could find ways to stand out and, and fit in and, and be liked, I did whatever it took to make that happen because the majority of my experience was neglect or being left out, being picked last. And it just, it really took a toll on that self-worth. And so I just grew up and I kept molding myself and molding myself. And by the time I was in high school, it was full force. I was like, okay, I'm going to have this job that society thinks I should have that. I I, I was a hairdresser for, for seven years. So I allowed myself to be uh, creative and a little bit unique because I knew I didn't want like a desk job or anything. And I, I, I always had this entrepreneurial spirit because my mom was an entrepreneur. So I'm thankful that I did stay true to that part of myself, but I can, I still conform to a normal job in a sense with what I had. So I, I opened up my own salon at a very young age. I just got really lucky. I was, I was 20 years old and I opened up a salon and, um, and then my dad passed away. So I had already been experiencing trauma as far as like 
being told that I wasn't good enough, you know, whether it was my looks, my personality, I was a very goofy child, you know, like I had crazy imagination. I was, I wanted to have fun and be silly. And the popular kids didn't think that that was cool, you know what I mean? Or at least my idea of who was the in crowd didn't like my sense of humor, didn't like anything about me. So I was like, oh, I got to shove that way down. I can't let that show because that's not what people want to see from me. That's not the version of me that's okay, right? This version's not safe. And then my mom, she's a very intellectual person. She went to college. She's got all these degrees and she's got a lot of common sense. I didn't, I, it took me a little bit longer to gain that maturity or that common sense. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I kind of had a lack of guidance and I was just guiding myself a little bit, I think. And so when I showed up with my mom, when I did spend time with her, uh, it would take me a minute to process things and she hated it. It frustrated her to her core. So she would really kind of almost make me feel very incompetent, very stupid. Um, and just, it, so there was these, some minor experiences as a child and growing up that you really took a toll on, on how I saw myself. And then I had some major, um, particularly just sexual abuse growing up, um, whether it was with, um, my, my parents or my uncles or friends, lovers that I dealt with, like, it just seemed to actually pop up in every situation. I couldn't be around someone without being coerced into some sort of sexual situation. And I never really understood why. And I never actually knew how to say no. I, I, it started so young. I thought it was normal. And I thought everybody was kissing and humping, doing these crazy things, right. That they were not doing. And I didn't realize that until I was older. So that was really crazy for me to, to have that awareness. Um, but then, so I had created this life and, um, to conform to society, to conform, to make everyone happy. And it didn't help. Also, I grew up as, um, in my teens, I came out as a lesbian and I was with women most of my life. So I was shunned from a big part of my family because of that. So there was just all of this lack of acceptance. And so when I opened up my salon, I had my career. I actually had met a man. This was the first man that I'd ever been with. And I married him. And so my Christian family and different parts of my family were opening back up to me and reaching out to me. And I felt normal for the first time in my life. I felt like, oh, my God, I'm in. I've made it. I have, uh, I have the husband. I have the job. People are proud of me. People love me. Right. And I was so excited. And then my dad died. Let's take a quick break to breathe and hear about how to find the keys that you need to be free. You're off to a great start because you've found this podcast to help you to heal your heart. Now, each episode is jam-packed with support and inspiration, but don't forget to check out the episode notes, which is set up to be your life support station. In there, you'll find links to a crisis support list, plus a way to contact us and so much more to help you close the door on fearfulness and pick up the keys to a life where good things aren't going to be again in store. Okay, take another breath and let it go and turn your attention back to today's show. Reality hit me in the face. None of that mattered. None of that mattered. I didn't care. I, the only thing, like if I had not had my husband, 
I would not have made it because I realized how quickly none of that stuff that I had created mattered. And it was just way too much for me. And had my husband not been there and made me get through it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sitting here right here with you guys today. Um, so not long afterwards, I decided to, I, I was craving to have a child um, and to fit, kind of fill that void with my dad. And especially cause I was married. So even though I was young, I was ready. I was ready. I was like, I, I want to have this baby. I'm ready to go right now. I got pregnant almost immediately as soon as I decided to start planning. And as soon as I was, I remember I was 13 weeks pregnant. Everything changed in my marriage. Everything started to change. This person was starting to morph into something that I had never seen. A side of them I had never seen. Thankfully, it was not abusive necessarily, but there was a lot of betrayal going on behind the scenes that had been going on the whole time that unfortunately that naive part of myself had not really, like I had my suspicions, but it wasn't enough for me to like, no, this man saved my life. I'm not going to question him. I'm, I'm happy I have him, right? I'm not going to question this. So, but when I was 13 weeks pregnant, it got worse and worse. That intuition, I think in a pregnant woman just starts to really flourish and grow. And of course, so I didn't know what that meant at the time. Um, so I'm sitting here, those worries are becoming deeper and deeper. And so I'm starting to ask questions and I'm not getting any answers and I'm not asking the right questions because I don't know what's happening. I just know something's off and I'm starting to just think it's me. Like I'm getting fat. Um, you don't want me anymore. Like I'm pregnant now and you don't want this. You, you don't love me anymore. So I'm literally, I've got this baby that I haven't met yet. I have like, I'm, I don't know, you know, I don't know if, if you have children or not, but that first pregnancy it's really kind of hard, at least it was for me to, you know, imagine that there's a human being here, like, and it's just not real until, for me anyways, it was not real until she was here. And so I was really having a hard time staying connected to this earth. And like, I remember having really terrible thoughts throughout my pregnancy. I was like, just wish I could just run my car off the road and, and end it all, you know, but I never did, thankfully, but I had those crazy thoughts the whole entire pregnancy. And I know that that stress, you know, God love my daughter. I'm going to have to do some healing work, I'm sure. But, but, you know, the stress of it, I, I, I hated that I went through it. But when my daughter was four months old, it all came together. It all finally made sense. My husband wrote me a letter telling me that they were transgender and that they were transitioning into a woman. So it was crazy. So not only did I marry someone, I had no idea who they were because I just intuitively knew the persona that they had been giving me was going to be completely than the persona who they really wanted to be. Okay. So being a part of the LGBT community, I have best friends that are transgender. I, I have respect and love for all of that, but I, you know, I, I married one person and I knew that this process was going to create a completely different person that I had never met. Yeah. And I was particularly broken by this, I think, because after my father died, the man that I married reminded me so much of my dad. He took that place mm. and I was losing my dad all over again. It, I, and I, on top of that, I was having extreme postpartum depression. I felt like 
I didn't know who my husband was. I didn't know if I was going to be a good mom. I was going to screw everything up. It was so much all at once. I don't know how I didn't have a heart attack in the middle of it. Like it was so much stress and pressure. And so after all of that being said and done, after all that kind of happened, I did my best to make it work. But of course, it didn't help. Nobody was supportive. Every time I would tell somebody like, this is what's happening to me, they'd be like, oh, is he doing that for you? Because I had been with women before. Right. So I'm just like, no, he's not doing that for me. This is not what I want. And like, no one understood. Not, not a single soul could understand the rage inside of me was so powerful and no one understood. No one could help. There wasn't a therapist in the world. There wasn't anything, not anything for me. And so when I finally got out of that situation and I was completely alone, that is when it all just started really just coming at me. I remember I was actually heavily addicted to marijuana and um, I, because as soon as he came out to me, I, that next morning it was 6am cause I couldn't sleep. The sleep was over. There was no sleep. 6am I'm rolling up. I'm smoking from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to sleep because I cannot fathom to be in this reality. Not at all. Numbing, numbing. Oh yeah. I, I had, it was, I, you know, some people hit the bottle. I was smoking the weed like, because that was my dad's thing too. He didn't smoke like that. It was like a social thing, but I created a heavy addiction with marijuana because of this, uh, these events couldn't, it was every hour I had to have it or I was going to lose my mind. And so I remember when I was finally alone, because I had built that habit, I was still smoking. Um, and one day I had, I got high and some, like something hit me. Like my heart started beating really fastly. I couldn't breathe properly. And I was by myself. I just laid my daughter to bed and a voice in my head said, you can let your daughter watch you kill yourself or you can stand up and be better. And I just, it was just such a pivotal moment for me. And that's when it all started. I got rid of everything. I cut everybody off. I stopped letting people inside of my house, into my life. And I was very, very, I started becoming very choosy about who I let around me. And I wanted to figure this shit out. I was like, what, and excuse my language. No, that's fine. To, you go for it. It's fine. I wanted, to, I wanted to, to figure out why I had experienced all of this crap. And how I could make sure that I was never going to experience any of it again. Because another thing was my codependency was so strong that that is, you know, I was so codependent with my father when he died. That was like my lifeline. And then I replaced him with my husband. And when my husband, his existence basically died, it was like, I was all alone again and I was crumbling and I had no choice to live because now I had an infant and I was just, it was so much. And so I was like, how the hell can I choose to live for myself for the first time in my life? And that was when the journey began. (laughs) I know it's a long story. No, I'm really glad that you shared every part of that story. Um, So thank you so much for that I wish that I could give you a hug right now I really really wish that I could do that um 
you deserve a, a really big hug. Um, and sometimes hugs don't even feel safe for, for people. So um, I love the hug. I, I'll take the virtual hug. Because <laughs> right, I hug good, myself. Good. I have to hug myself yeah, so yeah. much. Good. So much. Even today, even today, I didn't have that nurturing. And that yeah. is one of the things that I had to become really, really good at through this process is learning how to be affectionate with myself. Yes. Yeah. And so that I could stop searching for that affection from the wrong people. Yes, absolutely. You know? And so, yeah, that I, I'm, I'm totally pro affection. Like I, 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 right. I, I feel, I feel your hugs. I feel your love. And I, I, I love it. I'm accepting it. with Good. Arms. You know, you know where I'm coming from yeah, um, no. because, you know, there was so much, you know, as you were talking, you know, things were coming into my mind and I was, you know, thinking, um, you know, people want to be seen, heard and valued. Um, and, and you didn't get that in the right way when you were growing up. Um, you weren't made to feel appreciated in the right way for who you are as an individual. Um, you know, what you went through, you know, Helen back. Um, in your childhood and in your adolescence, um, just all of the the many issues that you were contending with that were really um, there to cause you a lot of confusion and um, and have no sense of really what was right and what was wrong, and you were just doing the very best that you could to blend in you know so that um that was your your way of feeling the safest going through life from the things that you shared with me um is that that's what you were doing it's it was about survival and that's that's what it is for many of us in our lives is this feeling that um, even though we are living in the Western world and we have, you know, uh, plenty of food and we've got that roof over our head, um, we're still in many respects still fighting for our survival, fighting for that place in the world where we can feel safe. And that's really what survival equates to is a feeling of safety. When, you know, you know that you're okay then that's when you can actually begin to thrive in your life. You need a certain level of security. So you grew up in, in a place where you had no boundaries. There was nobody telling you, you know, the things that you needed to learn to equip yourself to be able to know when to draw that line in the sand, when to, when to say no, that saying no was actually okay, that you didn't have to go along with everything that was being suggested to you as being something that you should do. So um, you've come and I, th I think that it's really hard to comprehend when you're in that. If somebody were to say to you, all of these massive hurts and struggles in your life are going to be opportunities for you to learn what you need to learn to be a whole person to you know go through life and like this 
gorgeous illustration behind you with the sunflower and all the, you know, hundreds of seeds, beautiful seeds that come out of sunflowers that then will be scattered. And, you know, you can bloom wherever you're planted in your life, no matter how how horrible that you know that place is that you're being planted there's still an opportunity for you to bloom and you're living proof of that and um you you're definitely on the right path and i i can hear how much you good you've taken from all those bad things that have happened um one thing I really would love to talk a little bit more about, because I don't often have an opportunity to talk about LGBTQIA+, um, you know, within the podcast, um, it, I would love to talk to you more about that side of things because um, it's very interesting, you know, as as a parent, um, you know, I, th- I see sexuality as being such a complex thing and I th- I actually see it as as a little bit of a changeable thing too through yeah. you know which has been illustrated in your life um that we're not always 100% sure of again like a healing journey our sexuality is again another journey that we're on in life and that's why it can change as we go through life but you know we might start off thinking that we're heterosexual and then we you know identify more with you know being lesbian or transgender or you know there's it's it's changeable but uh, I really liked what you said that even you know like coming from this place of you having that mixed experience with your own sexuality that when you were confronted with your husband um you know coming out to you and saying I'm transgender that you felt a massive level of betrayal from him because that wasn't the person that you were married that you had married and that you thought that you'd be traveling forward in life with and you felt as though he had been you know like he he pulled the rug out from underneath your feet like who the the hell are you 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 know you're not the thing Here's the thing about that. They, I'm, I'm thankful for the situation in hindsight because I know that I gave this person enough love and security for them to finally have a place in their life where they felt safe enough to finally be themselves. I think the fact that I came from an LGBT background, they knew that and I had transgender best friends. Like I had these things, right? I, they knew this was the, the time and they had to take it. The way they seized the opportunity pissed me off because it was like, oh, we get married and have a baby. And now you tell me this truth. When we first got together, he had asked, actually asked me a question. Would you want, would you, what, how would you feel if I was, tra- if I transitioned or would you want me to? He asked me a, a strange question like that. And I, he said it was because I'd only ever been with women and he wanted to know what I thought. Right. And so in that moment, I was like, no, you're perfect the way you are. I want you this way. And he was like, that's the right question. He acted like it was a test because he was insecure that I had been with women. And I understood that. So I wrote it off. Right. But in hindsight, that was the first 
that was yeah that was the clue that that yeah. was the first cue and this is not something new that he just woke up one day mm -hmm. you know so that's where the betrayal came in was that he waited until I was it's almost like I was stuck mm -hmm. and had no choice but at the same very time with this journey I am very thankful he did it the way he did it otherwise I wouldn't have had my baby absolutely I wouldn't be here like there are so mm -hmm. like it sucked it was the most painful thing that I had experienced because it was like losing my father for the second time. Yeah. Um, plus the husband that I had, you know, I, I thought that I was so in love with, you know, these things, but I think a lot of it too was you're my dad now. <laughs> so it's like, I had that, that was the real love. That was the real connection and attachment there. If that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. But, and yeah, that's that codependence that you were talking about. And that, that can happen very, very easily in relationships, can't it? Where you don't even see it happening. This, you know, this subtle thing that you're suddenly transitioned to feeling like some sort of ownership over that person whereas we 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 don't ever and we should never you know own another person because we all are entitled to be free to be ourselves um sexuality is a very complex thing and um and, but it can be very very painful when you're in a relationship with somebody and I wanted to, uh sorry to to cut you off there, no but I go for it I did want to touch on that, how you said it, it can be changeable. So um, I just want, what came to my mind when you were talking about that was my experience with it. So growing up, I don't think I felt very safe with male presence. Um, so I felt way more comfortable with women. And so I just would find women that, you know, I wasn't growing up. I was like, I'm not, I'm not gay. I, I don't like women, but the security I felt with these women that identified as, as a lesbian was so crazy to me. And then I ended up just sub, uh, surrendering to it. I was like, okay, I am a lesbian. And I, re I actually refused men. I was like, I, I don't want it. I, I won't do this. Um, until I got with this woman, she was a, an alcoholic. She was very traumatized individual. She was much older than me and she beat the hell out of me. She, it, I was only, it, what was the most crazy part is I was only with this person for a month. The first week was paradise. The second week to the end, I don't think I slept. So it was three solid weeks of torture, fighting, abuse, verbally and physically, because she would just get so blackout drunk. She, and she was much bigger than me. She was double my size. So she would pick me up by my arms. She would slam me into things. She would break my things. She, I don't, I, I was lucky to get out of there with anything because she was so destructive. And that made me question a lot about what I was doing. And so it did make me question my sexuality. I recognized, I'm, I wasn't like at this point where I'm going to take back my attraction to women, but I was like, women can be batshit. <laughs> women can be bad too. Like yeah. I had only been with women up to that point because I felt safer there. But now I, that, that, had, that perception had been taken from me at that point. So yeah. now I was standing back and I was like, what if I stop caring? What if I just meet people for people and I meet whatever I meet? Right. So then I was being a bit fluid. I was dating boys. I was dating girls. 
And I was like, it's not the gender. It's not the body part. It's the connection. It's the person. Yeah. That's where, like, so I had put this idea that you can only be safe. I was only going to be safe. Not everyone, but me was only safe with women. And then that idea got thrown out and I became like, well, I don't want to label at all. I'll just be with whoever I feel is right for mm. me as I meet them, if that, if that happens. So that's kind of where the shift happened for me with, with that in my sexuality world. And I'm still to this day, I don't give myself a label. I have a wonderful boyfriend that I would love to marry. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we are exactly uh, in alignment with each other. So that's, that's kind of where I am today. But at this, like up to this point before I met him, I was still labelless and just open yeah. to whatever came to me. So yeah. I really love that. I really love that. I think um, at the end of the day, it is, it doesn't matter about what gender um, a person is. It's about that relationship that you build with that person and the significance that that has for you and um you know a healthy relationship is one in which you both give each other the space and i suppose the the right environment to blossom you know beautifully in your life so you'll you know in a healthy relationship You'll both be taking risks that you wouldn't have been taking if you were in a relationship that was holding you back. So it's a really good indicator when you're in a relationship to see, am I moving forward or is this, you know, am I being held back? Is my life getting smaller or is my life getting bigger with this person exactly. in it? Yeah, yeah, I love that you say that. Yeah, so I'm really happy that you're uh, in a nice relationship now and um, and doesn't matter what the gender is of that person. It's, uh, you know, as long as you're happy. One thing, I there's a couple of things I really want to um, still cover with you. Um, one is, you know, you were really transparent about your addiction to marijuana Okay, so the, the person that I see um, today as I'm having this conversation looks very clean, looks very clear and um, free from substances. Am I correct in making that assumption? Um, at the beginning of uh, 2023 will mark two years that I have been completely sober of everything except for a little bit of caffeine. I will have coffee. Every oh, I've got my coffee here too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so coffee, <laughs> coffee and a little bit of a diet soda here and there keep me from claiming pure sobriety with the caffeine. But other than that, there is no alcohol. I did, um, you know, there's no marijuana. There's no I did party drugs too, like uh, in my teens and stuff like uh, the ecstasy and yeah. things like that. Um, but I haven't touched anything. I have no desire to touch anything. Um, since I became an energy healer and a meditation instructor, it's just one of those things you can't be, you can't be in alignment with that and partake in those substances, even Personally, I think maybe everybody might have their own journey. I'm not saying this is everyone's situation, but I don't even do it socially. Like it's not like yeah. I don't surround my, like that's not who I'm in alignment with. That's not, I don't want to be around that energy. And yeah. as an energy healer and as an energy reader, I keep 
my, I, I, it's just, it was something that I decided it's, it's completely gone. I so, I couldn't agree with you more about that because um, I'm an energy healer too. And I, I learned um, pranic healing, oh, how many years ago now? I don't want to even count really, but it's probably about 20 years ago now that I learned pranic healing. And do you know, I couldn't practice it for the longest time because I was a smoker and I just, I just went, no, I'm not in the right energy to be doing this healing work because I know that I'm a channel and that as pure as my intention is, my energy body is not clean enough to be channeling, you know, divine source energy through to other people. It just didn't feel right. I just had that gut feeling that that wasn't the right thing to do. I know I had other a healer saying to me, no, don't worry about it because it's not your energy that you're using when you're doing your healing. And I'm like, I'm the energy conduit. So, you know, I want my channel to be clear if I'm going to be that conduit for other people. So now it's like my experience with healing is just transformed because I'm now this clean conduit because I don't drink, I don't smoke. And as like you, you know, my only vice is caffeine. So it just makes such a massive difference. But how do you actually I think too, physically I think feel? Too, yeah, I think too with the caffeine, uh, I would not allow it in my life the way that I do if I thought it was any form of an addiction as yeah. well. So caffeine for me, it's just, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of my rebel maybe coming out when I use it. You know, it's one of those things like I think it's important that we don't try to like submit to perfection because what is that, you know? So um, I love that. It's it's just one of those things. So, um, yeah, I think as long as I feel like I'm the one in control of the caffeine intake, um, then I don't see it as necessarily a problem. I want to ask you a personal question so bad, but maybe we should wait till we're off the the, the cast. <laughs> no, come on, you can ask me. You can ask me. So I'm just curious um, because yeah. I know with my journey as an energy healer and everything that I've learned, um, a, another big change that came for me was um, I'm actually a vegan now. I don't know. Did you ever have an exper- similar experience? Yeah, so vegetarian. So okay. yeah, so I'm still yeah still having um cheese and you know that dash of milk but um yeah so yes (laughs) it has definitely yeah definitely caused a shift in the diet as well so there's just so many shifts you know about the way that you go through life as you go through this sort of energy healing path where you'll find that you're just guided and prompted to do certain things and um, things that you never thought you would do (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so yeah it's um it's lovely though isn't it to get into into that space yeah I remember all of these changes like they all kind of happened around the same time for me as well I mean of course vegan was a process, right? It wasn't like I did that overnight. It, it took probably a year to fully yeah. 
transition. Um, but yeah, the, the decision to transition and, and change a lot of these things all happened in the same period. And I'm just sitting here like, I used to identify so deeply with some of these things yeah. as who I am. And now I'm just so gun ho about completely changing it. That was the crazy part to me. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. And yeah, those. I was just going to say that, you know, you identify with yourself, you know, the things that you do will often define you. And, but when you're going through transformation, it's a really interesting process because you look back and you see those things very clearly as distinctions of things that were defining you as a person. And then this new person that you become, it's like, I don't know how I ever allowed that to define me in the first place. So we are changeable. And I think that's that's a great thing to emphasize is that if you feel like you're stuck in a rut, you can shift out of that. You don't yeah. have to stay stuck. I know, you know, when you're in that stuck place, it can feel like nothing's going to shift it, but it can be shifted. And um and when you tap into things like energy healing, you can really accelerate that shift. It's, it's a really powerful tool to shift things that you feel are impossible to shift in your life. So um, if you haven't tried energy healing, this is probably like my little prompt to give it a go because um, it works on a, a different level to us in our physical, you know, physical forms and our physical minds trying to do all the shifts, you know, on our own, in our own strength. Um, energy healing works on a much deeper level than that. So yeah. Um, yeah, Heather, I have absolutely loved this conversation. Um I would love it if you could share a way that the listeners can find you if they would like to get in contact with you. Yeah, of course. So I have a free Facebook group where I do all kinds of events, free events, energy healing sessions that are free workshops, uh, weekly trainings. Um, and I have a lot of resources um, that you can find when you join the group in the community. It's flourishing. So I'd love to have you guys a part of it if it feels right for you. So you can find that at facebook.com slash anxiety trauma recovery warriors, um, female warriors. So I'll make sure that you get the link, of course. Um, that, so that link will be in the episode notes. So make sure that you jump into the episode notes and connect with that link. It'll take you straight there. And the, yeah, the name of the group is Anxiety and Trauma Recovery Female Warriors. So you can look up the name that way or go into the notes and find the link directly to have you, you brought there. I love it. Absolutely love it. And Heather, before you go, I always ask my guests, what does the title Tiara's Tears and Triumphs mean to you as a woman, as a person, as a human? 
So when I hear it, I just think about the, the feminine box that a lot of us have found ourselves in, I think. And um, whereas it's like, we're not big enough to stand up for ourselves, right? With the TR as we're meant to sit back, be quiet, look pretty. And the tears that that can bring, the, the pain. And, um, and then of course it resonates with me because the triumph is real um, and, and overcoming that. So yeah, I, I love it. And I, I definitely personally relate to the, 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 the trilogy, the trilogy that, that uh, brings, if I said that right, that word, right. Uh, but I relate to the, the, that process. It just speaks loudly to, to that healing journey as a divine feminine presence, um, or woman in today's world. I love it. Thank you. And thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Yeah, of course. And I would, can I, can I say one just tip to give to listeners? Absolutely. So you touched on, um, energy healing and, um, something that that brought up was a memory when I first started my healing journey and I wanted to try meditation and different things of that nature and I remember being so overwhelmed and I remember the recurring thought was, I can't do it right. I can't do it right. And I know that sometimes this can be easier said than done, but the one thing that made a huge change was, what if I can't do it because I'm telling myself that I can't do it? And I just had like that something I feel like it was, of course, like a divine message that came to me. And so from that moment, I was like, if I want to do something, I'm sure as hell not going to start it off by telling myself that I can't. So that was the first step. So if there's something you want to do, if there's something you want to try and you notice, the first impulse is to say you can't. Yes. Give it a try to say, well, what if I can? And what if I figure it out, right? Coming from that mindset of, well, other people do it. What, what if I can too? You know, yeah. what if I can figure it out? And yeah. I think that that helped me the most getting, just getting started. That's a great tip, a fantastic tip. Yeah, thank you so much, Heather. If you would like to be a part of a growing community to fast track your healing journey, you can do this in a couple of ways. One way you can do this is to become a supporter of this podcast by becoming a patron. This will help me to help you and other people just like you to discover the resources that are included in this podcast to help you rise back up after hitting rock bottom, after experiencing different forms of abuse. And like I said, you can do this by becoming a patron of this podcast. It's super easy. Just go to the episode notes and click on the link to become a patron. When you are a patron, you will receive exclusive bonuses like the behind the scenes audio files with deep and meaningful insights from conversations with guests that are not included in the podcast interviews plus there are a range of special building blocks to help you to rebuild your life so go check it out and you can join the 
growing Rise Up with Tiara's Tears and Triumphs Facebook group with over 400 members where you can troubleshoot issues you're having. Every victim and every survivor of abuse has expertise. And being part of a community of peers gives you a safe place to get answers to questions that you have and to share what you know with others. Again, just go to the episode notes to become a member of the group today. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. 
I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.